Welcome to the Canicuck Institute podcast, where we continue to equip leaders with biblical skills for a lifetime of ministry. Hi, this is Keith Chancy coming at you live from the Canicuck Institute. We are so excited about who we have in the audience today. We have someone that I dearly love. His name is Tom Nelson, and he is coming up here from Denton Bible Church, and we're excited about what Tom is going to share on today. Let me just jump right in. You know, you uh, a few years back, you were at the top of what people would say is uh, the most incredible ministry in the country. You were thriving. You were teaching all over the planet. And you were teaching Song of Solomon, Romans. You were teaching the Word of God like nobody I've ever known. And then all of a sudden, something happened. Mm -hmm. Tommy, what happened? You know, um, I began to notice that uh, I started having a real problem sleeping. Mm. And I had to get where I had to take something to to sleep. And then I began getting the the sensation that was like my body was, was hurting that uh, and I thought maybe it was allergies or something, mm-hmm, so I'd mm-hmm. go get a shot or something because it, it, my body would start hurting and I couldn't it almost feverish, couldn't figure it out, and it just kept going until finally uh, I was teaching the Song of Solomon at Denton Bible Church and teaching my favorite mm-hmm. text on the Song of Solomon, and all of a sudden all the life went out of my body, my heart rate shot up, I started sweating bullets. And I had an attack of something that just hit my body, and I didn't know what it was. And they thought, well, maybe it was a sunstroke, maybe it got overheated, who knows? Well, I kind of, after a while, I had to uh, go into a hospital because I, I couldn't sleep and my body just hurt and I didn't know why. And so they, you know, gave me some morphine and gave me something to knock me out and got me asleep and it's kind of scary when it mm-hmm. when you have something and you don't know what it is. It's mm-hmm. scary, mm-hmm. and I was always you know you knew I, oh, I God, ran yes. we lift weights mm-hmm. I was healthy I was way over my age group I was about fifty five fifty six but I was in great shape. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember the day when uh, I was uh, sitting in my house and still struggling with whatever this thing was. And all of a sudden, it was like the bottom dropped out, and it went from a physical problem to an emotional one. Mm. And I hit a de- a, uh, a quicksand. Mm. I hit a hole. I hit a black hole. And I felt depressed. And it was not just being down, not discouraged, but there was something wrong with me. And I remember saying when it happened, thought to myself, so this is depression. Mm. And it kind of morphed from that point into what you would call clinical anxiety, where your body, I heard one girl say, your body always feels like when the cop pulls you over and he's walking over to you and you see him in the rearview mirror and he's going to say, give me your uh, license plate. The feeling you have there is what the feeling you have all the time. Mm. You can't sleep. I dropped um, 20 pounds. Boom. Just like that. Mm. It was gone because you're running continually on adrenaline. Yeah. I had to go into a hospital uh, again to try to ch- figure out what was wrong with me. They, I wondered, do I have cancer? Do mm-hmm. I have uh, an adrenaline problem? Do I have a thyroid problem? And I remember uh, I went for a big, long body physical at uh, Cooper Clinic. And this uh, woman who was a, a, a doctor looked at me and said, I think everything's fine with you. I think you're suffering from anxiety. 
you might want to try Xanax. And I stopped her right there. And I said, I am not a sophomore girl. I got to find that woman somewhere, someplace to apologize to her. <laughs> but I, she said it right, but I, I didn't want to listen to it. Mm. And, then it. and then after a while, Keith, I had to take off. I mean, I had to quit right mm-hmm, in the middle of everything did. I was doing. I took four months off, and I just sat at home and hurt. Mm. That I was in a place of just clinical all I can you can say is it's just clinical anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. You can't sleep. Uh, you have to get something to knock you out. And of course, it, it's kind of the perfect storm because it, it makes you anxious and that causes you anxiety, which makes you anxious mm-hmm. and that causes you anxiety. And so it's like a a tornado that gets faster and faster. And uh, I, uh, I I tried everything in the world mm-hmm. to try to figure out what was wrong with me. Until uh, a fellow in our church, Manny Desai, mm-hmm. who was a doctor, he, he asked a friend of his that happened to be a Hindu psychiatrist. Nothing can be farmer for, farther from an evangelical pastor than a Hindu psychiatrist. And he said, oh, he's, uh, he gave him my symptoms. And he said, he's, uh, he's garden variety, mm-hmm. uh, depression, anxiety. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. says, and he said, I talk to him seven times a day. Yeah. And he said, I'll tell you who he is. Yeah. And he described me. He is 24-7. He's highly motivated. He's been successful. He's on call all the time. There's pressure on him. And he loves doing what he's doing. And he said, he's been running on pure adrenaline. I was teaching 13 times a week. Yeah, you were. And doing, and then raising a family and uh, running and working out and and till pretty soon, uh, it, it simply, if you are running on adrenaline, mm-hmm. you begin to lose the ability to produce serotonin mm-hmm. that makes your brain work. And the what you experience is uh, anxiety, depression, and there's like 14 million Americans mm-hmm. that struggle with it. And it hit me. He, he uh, said, here's what he needs to do. He needs to take an SSRI, a serotonin-specific reuptake inhibitor that starts to let his serotonin bring, get back. And then he needs to take something to make sure he sleeps. And then he needs to every day walk, even though he feels fatigued. And you do. He said he needs to burn off adrenaline. And then he needs to try to do what he enjoyed doing. During that time, I couldn't read. Right. I couldn't watch a TV show. It was like I was always with a train coming at me, mm-hmm. and I could never rest. I can never go into a public building. You get, you get, um, oh, what do they call it? Agoraphobic. Yeah. You don't want to be around people. Your your wife becomes your safe person. You stay around her, and you get hopeless because you're thinking, if this is the new norm, mm. I can't do this. And so I took uh, what was called Lexapro, and it doesn't do anything for you, but it starts to allow your body to build back. Uh, what causes, whenever you think from one nerve cell to the other, there's an electrical impulse. What carries that impulse? It's called serotonin. We get the word serene. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a pleasant, when you just are sitting around by yourself, it's a pleasant thing mm-hmm. just to be alive. Uh, the Bible says it's good to see the light. And it was. But all of a sudden, you can't feel that anymore. You're just dead. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're an emotional basket case. You're an unemotional basket case. Mm-hmm. You don't feel anything. Uh, Tom Brokaw had it. He said, you could Mm -hmm. find out that your mother died or that you inherited a million dollars. And he said, you'd feel the same. Mm -hmm. You're emotionally dead. And so 
I uh, took that and I got something to help me sleep and I waited. Mm -hmm. Nothing is harder than waiting Mm -hmm. on God. Mm -hmm. You do the right thing with no results. You simply wait. And then one time, Teresa and I were sitting around a table, my wife, and she looked at me and I was looking at her. And then all of a sudden, it was like when you're driving in a fog and the light and the sun comes out and the fog lifts. All of a sudden, the fog lifted. Mm. And I looked at my wife and she said, what's wrong? And I said, I'm me. And she said, what do you mean? I said, I'm me. It lifted. Mm. And I went and I visited a a psychiatrist in Dallas. And he said, yeah, that happens. And he said, it'll go away and it'll come back less and it'll stay shorter and go away longer until finally it's like jumping off an engine. You'll start running. And so it gave me a great compassion. Mm. Up until that time, if somebody said, I'm depressed, I'd have said, well, you need to read your Bible more. And, you know, I, I read my you Bible. You know what, Tommy, what's so funny about that is you, that was you. I read my Bible. I memorized <laughs> scripture. But something hit me. And so right. it took me more of a compassion toward those that were going mm. through this. I felt for them. Praise God for that. Yeah. Now, I, and I, I uh, the, the conversation you and I are having, I had uh, with my, because when you disappear f- for four months, you got to tell your congregation yeah. where you are. And yeah. I told them. And then they put it on, um, oh, what was it? They put it on James Dobson, yeah. Focus on the Family. Mm-hmm. And it went out. And I started getting calls from all over the world wanting to know, how do I deal with this? Because everybody connected with me. Yeah. I became the lightning rod. Yeah. For depression. Other than that, before that, I was the Song of Solomon guy. I was a sex guy. Now I was the depression guy. And so people would call saying, man, what what happened? And I would talk to them, and they would want to. There is a psychiatrist in Dallas that got rich because of me. Yeah. Because I would say, you need a competent man to analyze you and then to prescribe you something that can level you out. Mm -hmm. And so there's different... Uh, procedures with different people. I was kind of a garden variety guy. Tommy, let me ask you a question there, because something I always knew you to say. Right. You did not believe in any medicines whatsoever. Oh, no. I was your typical. <laughs> I was Jeremiah Johnson. Yes, guy. you were. And I guarantee you, when you're going through a depression and somebody says, you need to take uh, rat go. urine, you'll take mm-hmm. rat urine. Mm-hmm. You'll, you may think you won't take anything. That's right. Whenever anybody says to me, uh, you know, how do you equate being a Christian and taking medication? I always say, you know, you've never been through this, have you? Right. Because if you've been through that, you wouldn't ask that question. There you go. Yeah, a um, a medication doesn't do anything to you; it just normalizes mm-hmm. you. You don't. It, you just feel normal. You still have whatever. But I had to alter my schedule yeah, radically. Mm-hmm. I had to just recognize I'm a, getting to be a 60 year old man, and I'm doing stuff I shouldn't be doing. Yeah, I got to pull back. And so, it was a wonderful thing that happened in my life, and I'm mm-hmm. glad it did. Wouldn't want to do it again. Yeah. But as the Bible says, uh, you know, consider uh, the work of God. He's made one day as well as the other, mm-hmm. the good days and the bad days. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up writing a book on it. Mm-hmm. And so I've been able to shoot. I spoke at Dallas Seminary at a, at a chapel and I talked about it. And I had guys lined up six deep mm-hmm. dealing yes, with depression and depression. Then nobody, any place that I go that I talk about it, people come up afterwards mm-hmm. and say, can I talk with you? And it's always the same guy. It's yes, never it a bum. It's a hard working kind yeah, of a guy yeah. that overschedules, mm-hmm. overworks, and runs himself down mm-hmm. and just gets too much on his mm-hmm. plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a psychi- I visited with a psychiatrist and I said, Help me understand this. He said, Think of it like this God intended man to live in a place that his earth rotates in front of a fixed body, yeah. the sun. 
He said, the sun goes down, you're meant to shut down. He said, because of Thomas Edison, Rockefeller, and um, uh, Henry Ford, we have cars, gasoline, and we have electricity, and we've turned night into day. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have days where you stop at six, eat with your family, sit on the front porch, uh, mama darns the socks, guys sharpen the plow, you drink lemonade, the kids, there's no electric light, so you can't go out wandering. There's no car you can't take off. You rest. You rest. Tom, let me ask you a question there, because that's so important. We've got just another minute to talk on the air. But one thing I want to make sure that people in the audience hear is that you said rest. you got to rest. Tom, that's a hard thing for you, for yep. I, for all. The, and people out in the audience right now are going, yeah. that's the hardest thing for you us to do. How do you do it? You protect your nights. There you go. To where when you can go home and do nothing but enjoy. That's why in the old days, you know, they talked about Lincoln walking three miles to right. get a book. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a doctor tell me all guys would walk three miles to get mm-hmm. a book because that was your entertainment was reading. And you have to learn simple things. But we are such a stimulated mm-hmm. people. Like an American movie is always um, pyrotechnics, explosions mm-hmm. and whatever. We want to read a magazine, but not a, a novel. Mm. We're a very fast-moving world, and we lead the world in depression good. and anxiety because yeah. we just – Jesus said, uh, you shall find rest for your souls. Mm. We have entered into God's rest. Mm. And so you, you protect your mornings to read. You protect your evenings to rest with your family. Mm. Uh, you need to, everybody needs to walk a little bit every day or run a little bit, whatever you can, mm-hmm. just to burn off adrenaline. Yeah. You know, tell me something I learned from you, you know, is that when you came through this and you're on the upper side, you're kind of going, oh, I'm, I'm coming out of the quicksand. Yeah. You began to say, you know what, Chancey, are you resting? Yeah, because I noticed you're a zealous oh, individual. Yeah. yeah. If you were a dog, you'd be a Jack Russell Terrier. <laughs> right. You know? And I would say to you, you, I said, Keith, be careful. Yeah. You're a lot like me. You love what you do. Mm-hmm. And the only reason you don't do it 12 hours is so you got to sleep some. Mm-hmm. And you got to watch anybody mm-hmm. that, that it's bankers, it's coaches, yeah. it's educators, it's um, uh, executives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that are 24-7 and everybody wants a piece of them. Mm-hmm. They have to make sure that they rest. Mm, that's good. Well, Tom, I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you. Will you do me a favor? Tell everybody in the audience what your book, the name of it it's is. It's called, um, it was, I wrote it with Steve Levitt. Yes, you did. And it's called How to, uh, how to Walk on Water. Oh, How to Walk on Water. That's running. right. Yeah. That's thank you it. for saying that. How to Walk on Water. And, and so the great thing about that book is Tommy describes exactly, because there are people out in the audience today, I guarantee you're going through this very difficult time. Life has thrown you curveballs and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm done. No, you are not done. There'll be some disciplines that you have to absorb. You'll have to begin to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And you, But I want you to hear what Tommy said today is rest. Cut off some of your social medias. Make sure that you get in tune with God's Word. Read good things. Take care of yourself physically and emotionally. Let people talk to them and, and be vulnerable. Hey, guys, thank you all so much. We are so thankful for you today. God bless and have the best day ever. 